Welcome to your Life Path Astrology reading. I can't wait to dig into your chart and for the audience to get to know you better. Why don't you tell us what you do in the world and one line about what you hope to get from the reading. So by profession, I am a registered nurse. And then I also have my own healing business, alternative healing business. I'm a Reiki master and mindfulness and emotional coach. And I also do um, something um, called Breath of Love. Beautiful. Which is, yes. So that's what I do. I love it. And what do you hope to get out of the reading? Um, More guidance on my purpose and then just knowing um, if I'm on the right path. Okay, awesome. So let's get started. So the first first thing to know about the Life Path Astrology methodology is that I joke that they're kind of like four board of directors when it comes to your life purpose. And when you get to understand them and really master them, you get to really step into your purpose very powerfully. And the first one that we always talk about is the sun, because the sun is how we see ourselves. So you must know that you have a son in Leo and Leo is a fire sign. And when I think about the representation of Leo, I also think about a lion, the king of the pack, the person in charge. Um, also, I don't know if you, if you know, but every Zodiac sign has a part of the body that it rules. And so Leo is led by the heart. So it's courageous. And the word courageous comes from Latin. Well, actually French cur, which means heart. So when I think of how you see yourself, you probably see yourself as an energized leader, a heart-centered person, full of energy, full of compassion, but also, you know, very ready to go for it when you need to. Like, I can see you see you being very comfortable, you know, being visible, being a leader, being on stage, doing what it takes to make the work happen, but being visible as well. Can I, can I, like, yeah, okay, please. Um, <clears throat> okay, so um, I'm trying to work on the leader part and being seen part. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that resonates. Beautiful. Well, it's interesting that you say that you're trying to work on that piece um, because the sun is how we see ourselves, but then we have the rising, and the rising is how people see us. I'm curious how this plays maybe into this, you working into that. Ready? So you have your rising in a very interesting sign. It's Scorpio. So we're to give Scorpio an archetype. So I joke, if we were to give her a TV high school drama archetype or character, she'd be the goth girl. She's like the intimidating girl that everyone wants to get to know, but she's like, they don't know how to approach her. And the reason is because she's very, she's very deep. She's not superficial. She doesn't want to know basics. She wants to get to the roots of things. Um, interestingly enough, another archetype for Scorpio is a shaman. So it's not about, you know, I joke, I'm like, when we have a healer, so I've had a lot of healers, do, you know, get these readings. When I get a healer who has this kind of Scorpio rising or a strong Scorpio placement, this isn't a love and light person. This is a you're comfortable with going in the shadows. You're comfortable going to the dark spaces. I think about blind spots and shadow work, not just the light work, because it's almost like this, you, you have an understanding that in order to access the light, you need to be comfortable with navigating those dark, uncomfortable, unknown spaces. And in a lot of ways, people see you that way. They see you as transformative, um, being able to uncover what other people can't see, digging deep 
into situations and not just keeping it superficial. Hmm. What comes up for you when I say that? Um, I'm not sure actually. Okay. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, I feel like my personal, <clears throat> I'm not very good at detail oriented. Okay. You know how you, everybody likes to put that on their resume. I yeah, finally yeah. took it off. I was like, no girl, let's just stop lying. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I feel like I live on superficial mm. level, not materialistically for myself. Like I am afraid to dig deep or like feel this and it not feel very core or deep. Does that make sense? So, so I didn't hear that last part. It cut off a little bit. Could you just repeat that last part a little bit so I can hear it again? Like myself, I feel like I'm always just on the top, like kind of like this, you know, not like very subtle or deep or nothing, nothing in that perspective. Sure. And I'm going to, I'm going to reframe something. So it's interesting because mm. the detail oriented, when I hear that, I think of Virgo. When I mean mm. digging deep, like I think about like, for example, you probably, when you are interested in a subject or in a topic, you're probably not just going to kind of like it. You're probably going to spend hours researching and understanding it and digging deep in that way. So you're not going to just be interested in something from, oh, that looks good. You're going to be like, wow, I really, I really like this and I want to know as much as I can. And you might get stuck in hours of research. For example, let's say you get a topic you like, maybe you're on Instagram or maybe you're researching or you're on Google and you'll be like, Oh, let me learn about this. And then like three hours later, you've learned so much that you didn't even expect to learn about that topic because you got, you just had like, wow, I feel so connected to this. I'm going to go all the way in to know this, that it has caught my attention. That that kind of resonates because, yeah, that's true. Like, for example, any of the healings that I learned, I always wanted to know, like, why, how, and all that good stuff. So it's lands in me, right? Yes, yes, yes. exactly. Yes. And that's And that's more about what I meant when it's the digging deep. The digging deep isn't like, attention to detail. The, 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 uh, mm. the digging deep means I'm going to go to the root of this that has caught my attention because it's not enough for me to say it caught my attention. I'm going to go all the way mm -hmm. down to the root and understand every aspect of it. And so people probably see you like that too. Like, wow, you know, you're not just going to like something on the surface. You're going to really, when you know something, you know something and you, mm -hmm. you even, you probably even find the things of the things that you like aspects of it that people never knew before. You probably go, wow, did you know about this? And people are like, wow, I never heard of that. You're like, yeah, I researched it and I found this out. <laughs> yeah, no, that resonates because, yeah, I like to know why behind everything. So, yeah. There you go. That's exactly how the rising sign operates. And here's the more juicy part of having a rising in Scorpio. The rising sign is the problem you're here to solve. So this is kind of like the CEO of your life path purpose. It's you're here to solve the problem of helping others how to get to the root of something, learn how to really go all in. Um, you probably are here to have solve the have the problem solve the problem of you know exploring the shadow work or finding the blind spot in their lives with the work that you do. And that's what I'm leading towards, actually, with breath of love and all that. You know. Tell me more. 
Mm, that's what I am actually working on in my healing business. I'm adding something new to it along with Reiki and sound healing and things. It's something called Breath of Love, uh-huh. which is, you know, you dig in deeper into myself, which is what I'm doing, and then see like why you do certain things and what are your beliefs and where they come from and things like that. Yes. That's exactly the, sh- the shamanistic Scorpio digging deep energy. I love it. So yeah, yes. I love it. <laughs> Good. And, and here's a cool thing about your son. So your, your, your rising is, is digging deep, but your rising, I mean, your sun sign is what you sprinkle into the work you do. It's that because the sun, it's really interesting because Leo, which is your sun sign, is also ruled by the sun. So you have this, you know, even though you may say that you're having, you're working on stepping into your leadership and you don't see yourself in that way, there, there is such a heart centeredness to you. There's so much heart that goes into the work, and that heart that warmth of the sun, that heart that's like warm like a sun is what you're infusing into this otherwise maybe difficult shadow work like problem that you're here to solve. So it's almost like you're here to, you're here to, you know, take people out of the darkness in a journey through the darkness and through the shadows, but you're also, you always have this light of the sun around you it's like you are the sun or you're the light in their darkness navigating them through the darkness i love how you put that that's really nice yeah if i like i can feel it like i can literally see you energetically as you do this breath work i've been lucky to you know experience it with a mutual friend of ours but like i can imagine you energetically standing in your heart energy beaming your light while they're in their darkness so that they can take that journey through the darkness and meet you at the light. Mm, I love that. And then I do know something about me is like, um, like you won't be sad on me. Like I just won't, that just won't happen. Like I will bring your light up. Like that's something I, I, I've noticed that about myself. Like, yes. Absolutely. Because oh, yeah. you have the sun and Leo, you have all this light. It's impossible mm-hmm. to not feel to not to feel in the dark when you're with the light. And so you are you are a light worker, literally. And here's you want to hear the really cool part? So that you have your son and Leo in the tenth house. And the tenth house is the house of careers, ambition, personal brand, reputation. So you literally are a light worker. <laughs> you, you know, not oh, everyone wow. can see that from an astrological perspective, but in a lot of ways, you are here to be a light worker. And you also have a sliver. You have a sliver of Virgo in the tenth house, and Virgo represents a healer. So you mm. literally, like, there's so much saying you are here to heal. You're here to be the light. You, but and you're not here just to be the light. You're here to be the light in the dark spaces for others. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, and I know you mentioned something um, like I come from heart and heart centered and uh, or that's how I see myself. But I also feel like, I feel like people see me because I'm a hospice nurse. Oh, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you something else? Like I have chills. Scorpio 
if it had a tarot card, it would be the tower card or the death card. Another thing that you're rising is really good at is helping people navigate death, is helping people navigate transitions chapters ending and chapters beginning you're you're like even that aspect of what you do in the 3d is so aligned with your rising because not everyone can navigate end of life end of chapters mm -hmm. i've chilled mm, i know me too i and it just kind of resonates i'm like oh my god i'm so on the right path then because this like after a very long time i will say like okay i'm in a job where i love it and you know i've done hospice that's just my thing is i'm a hospice always done but this job certainly is this, i just love it and then like you said yes i do love helping or assisting people passing on to their next journey so yeah it's i i it's so beautiful because not everyone knows how to hold the space for death people are people are so afraid of death because it's unknown and you bring that Leo mm -hmm. sun into that dark space. And like, I'm, I'm just like literally chills seeing how, how this is so aligned for who you are and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I want to say like, thank you. Cause everything that you said just kind of gave me that reassurance that we we're always looking for. Like, Oh, maybe I am living my purpose. You know, maybe I don't need to be looking somewhere else. Maybe I am, maybe this is it. Yeah. Sounds like you're, it sounds like you're okay. You sounds like it's okay. You know what the, the, the more um, impactful pieces, I'm already looking to the next part of those, these board of directors that I joke that are part of your um, life path. And you have this next position in a sign, but in the eighth house, which is Scorpio energy. So you continue to have this Scorpio energy in key parts of your chart. So the next piece is the moon. Typically, we associate the moon with our emotions, but the moon is also like helping us navigate cutting ancestral wounds and really helping us, you know, really manage, you know, so here's the thing about the moon. When things are feeling stuck in your work, when things are not going right, when you're doubting what you're doing, when you're not feeling great about it, that's where you have to say, okay, I have to pay attention to the moon. Because when you pay attention to the moon in those difficult moments, then you can carry on with your mission. But when you're not nourishing the moon, you're kind of perpetuating wounds from past lives and even this one, and it doesn't let you carry on with the mission. So I always joke that the moon is like that board of director that if you don't take care of them, they're not gonna vote for the cause. <laughs> and so the moon, the moon is in Gemini in the eighth house. Mm -hmm. Gemini is the so the, the, it's the twins and people know it as duality, but really Gemini is an air sign. It is really defined in my opinion by intellect. This is where we, where we mm -hmm. would say the motto is I think. They love information. They love knowing. They love intellectualizing things. And um, they, also are, they also are really good communicators, whether it's writing, social media, speaking. And so communication is a primary outlet for Gemini. And they live very much in their heads. So the first thing that comes up for me is when you're in these emotional states, you probably get so dizzy from being all over your head. Mm -hmm. It's like, and you can't get out. Like it's, you're just trapped in your mind. All right, totally. 
And so what comes up for me is when we, so first acknowledging how your emotions operate and play out. So when things are stuck, things are not going right in your, in your life and this mission is not moving forward. It's okay. Gemini moon, what do I need to do? And so Gemini moon says, I'm stuck in my head. What do I need? What do I do to get out of my head? So one, th so one, what do you do to get out of your head when you're in that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like so much, like, you know, that circle. Call a friend. Good. I love it. You know why I love that? Because Gemini is a communicator. Gemini is going to need to write it down. Gemini is going to need a journal. Gem Ge Gemini, when I, I joke that when I think of Gemini as a TV high school archetype, I think of her as the gossip girl. Like she's getting together with her friends for tea or coffee. And she's like, girl, spill the tea. Tell me all the details. Let me know what you know. So mm -hmm. that's how she gets comforted, communicating, using her voice, using her knowledge, dumping what's in her brain in the way she knows best, which is either speaking it or writing it. Hmm. Okay. And I just want to, um, because I personally don't think I'm a great communicator. Mm -hmm. Like literally it's happened to me. Like I'll say something else, but somehow it lands some, somewhere else. And I'm like, what? I didn't see that. So the, does that play any role in it or no? Like it's just, well, it's interesting. Well, it's interesting. So this represents how your emotions and so your emotions okay. live in the communication world. So it's not. And so personally, everything can be overcome. So if you want to be a better communicator, you know, I would say like, remember the moon. Don't don't overthink it. You probably overthink things and then mm -hmm. things don't come out right because you didn't let it flow. You, you overthink sure. it. Right. Right. Uh, that's what comes up for me when it comes to that. Um, but the, the Gemini communication piece is more of how you can nourish the moon. Mm -hmm. And I nourish my moon through communication, which mm -hmm. is true. Like I do, I will always call a friend. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And how are you with writing? Cause Gemini is also a natural writer. Are you good at journaling? Does that support you ever? I, I will say I'll do it. I'll do it, but <laughs> I haven't made myself to do it. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know what? Calling a friend works. Also, if you have time, if that's something else you want to explore as a nourishing opportunity, that's another great nourishing space for, for Gemini. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. um, now, Mercury is the other planet that becomes, so it's a fourth um, board member in our life path mission. And you have Mercury in Virgo, which is mm -hmm. an earth sign. Um, Mercury, uh, Virgo is very grounded, feet on the ground. She's all about responsibility and, um, you know, being self-sufficient, but it's interesting. So Mercury, we all know goes retrograde multiple times a year. It is a planet of communication. It also represents in the third dimension. It represents our brain, like our literal intellect, what our mind has accumulated with knowledge. But as we begin to work with it for our life path, it really represents how we tap into higher consciousness. And so when I see Mercury in Virgo, the first thing I think of is the continued theme of I'm a chronic overthinker because um, Virgo is meticulous. She is like super detailed. So it's like what's in her mind? All the details. She's thinking about it all. She's reviewing it over and over again. Um, she's just like really like in like she can't stop thinking about because she's also a worrier. Virgo tends to be the worry wart of the zodiac. Mm -hmm. And so when you're thinking, 
you know, you're probably stuck not just thinking about things, you probably worry about things mentally a lot. Always. I I mean, yeah, now I'm doing a lot better since I've been working with Breath of Love and things, but yes, Beautiful. that's my second nature. Yeah. Yeah. And once again, I would say the way you, so, so when you're in the, so remember this, when you're worrying, you, that wor worry keeps you in the third dimension. It doesn't allow you to access higher consciousness. And so how do you, how do you manage Mercury and Virgo? You really have to bring her out of her mind. So for example, do you meditate? So I know breath of love is a tool you have. Awesome. What do you, it's like, it's all about what do you do to calm her down? That's what you need to do. I do meditate here and there, or I'd say I meditate daily, just not sit down and meditate, but I have other ways of just looking at the trees or whatever the hell. Oh, that is you know, so funny. Like I love that you said that because I joke with people with like strong Virgo placements, like that need healing. It's like, go hug a tree, go walk it out, go put your feet on the grass. <laughs> so even looking at the right. because Virgo is like for me, that's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Virgo's earth, Virgo's has roots in the ground. And so when you're feeling like you're stuck in, in worrying and overthinking, go out, hug a tree, put your feet on the grass, imagine, you're, imagine yourself rooting into the ground so that you can plug out of your brain and back into the earth. But doing that actually allows you to connect with higher consciousness. It's almost imagine that, that worry outlet into the ground so that you can reach higher consciousness. Thank you. I like that. Like just imagine your worries being dispersed in Mother Earth. Yeah. Allow yeah, allow that allow that to return. Allow that to return. So those are your four main placements, but then we have a few other placements that become really important for you to understand, at least for me. And one of the big ones for me okay. is the North Node. It wasn't until I did the work, this work, that I realized, oh my goodness, the North Node is a major player. And so when we have, when we talk about North Nodes, we also talk about the, talk about the South Nodes. The North Node is a challenge we contracted into this lifetime to work on. And the South mm -hmm. Node is more of like, I call it our jam. It's like, this is where we're comfy, we don't need to learn, like we were born doing this without problems. Um, mm -hmm. So your north node is in the sign of Cancer, and your south node is in the sign of Capricorn. And this is a very interesting juxtaposition and pairing. Um, and by the way, the north and the south node are always the opposite. So whatever your north node is in, it's the opposite sign. So Capricorn, just to let you know, is directly opposite Cancer. So when we see a north node in Cancer, the challenge, so Cancer is the mother of the zodiac. She represents mothers, family systems, um, small communities, like local communities, um, intuition, nurturing. Um, and then what's the, so that's the cancer archetype, the Capricorn archetype, which is probably really easy for you. I joke that if Capricorn had a theme song, it'd be work, 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 because she knows how to just work if she could be a workaholic if workaholic could be a badge of honor she'd be carrying them for every day of the year because she doesn't even know how to take vacation days <laughs> she feels mm -hmm. guilty during quarantine true 100 yeah. yeah 
So, so one of the, you know, I think what comes up for me is when you have a North node in cancer, it's about how do you learn to really uh, like balance being at home, being in family, just as much as you are in the workplace. And another way to rephrase it as well is Capricorn, something that it comes up for me visually, Capricorn is earth. So once again, we've got this very rigid, flexible, um, inflexible, right? Because when I think of earth, I almost think of a tree twig. And so it's like, mm -hmm. it's rigid, it's earth, it's firm. The, the north node in Cancer is water, it flows. Another thing that comes up for me is you're, you're, it's almost like you're here to learn how to flow how to be more mm -hmm. in the flow than to be rigid and structured and in place. Does that make sense? Right. No, definitely. Because all the, you said like the, all the work and rigidness and makes you, brings you security. Right. So yeah, I can see that. And then definitely I am trying to learn how to be in the flow. Yes, definitely. hundred percent. That's yeah. been challenging. <laughs> Yeah, you get to learn how to be in the flow. Yeah. You get to learn you get to learn how to spend just as much of time as home in at home as it at work. You get to learn how to, you know, be in community, be in family. Like it's it's really learning how to step into that. I would also say one more thing. You get to learn how to be in the feminine energy more than the masculine energy too. Mm -hmm. Cuz I have a lot of that already. Mhm. Mm the masculine masculine yeah little yeah. too yang yeah so that's that's what you came here to learn so as you step into this north node energy this you know and it's interesting you actually have north node in cancer in the ninth house too a uh, ninth house is sagittarius energy sagittarius has two main archetypes the first archetype is the international world travel foreign language speaker like anything that's wanderlust travel international but it's also the philosopher Sagittarius is represents higher education philosophy and often teaching so it's almost like you get to teach people how to be in the flow you get like your challenge is not only being in the flow but teaching it or really getting that the mastery of it you get mm -hmm. to teach people how to be more maternal you get to teach people how to be more at home than at work you get to teach people work-life balance and that's so it's so just so you're saying like my own challenges are also what I'm here to teach it, just because oh. you have the ninth house in the north node so typically oh, the neat. north node is not something we teach but I can't help but think that as you as you teach as you step into this flow and you teach it as well you will you will heal you will you'll empower yourself to help people with that with that rising which is navigating people through the darkness and the shadows right because mm -hmm. imbalance is a shadow mm -hmm. some people don't even realize that they they're a workaholic or that they don't know what they don't know or that they're in they're in pain and suffering right and you're here as you mm -hmm. navigate that balance you help others rise into that power mm -hmm. Now, the, the next piece that I often talk about is... I like that. And then again, as you already experienced breath of love, I feel... Go ahead. We're, we're, we have a little bit of a connection problem, but that's okay. 
Yeah, I think it's gone now though. But I was just saying like, as you already know, but you already experienced breath of love. So I feel like, it feels like that kind of what's it's all filled in with because that's what you teach when we mm-hmm. teach breath of love to others. This is what we're teaching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so here's the interesting part. Everyone has an, a challenge they're here to work on. And then everyone has a wound that they're born with. So you get to work on your North Node, and I always joke that you get to witness the wound, because as you witness the wound, that gets to heal. And um, you ha- you're of my generation, because it's like a six-year span, um, your Chiron is in Taurus. And Taurus is an interesting placement, because Taurus, so, so learning a little bit about Taurus, Taurus it loves money. It's where we find the money sign. It's where we find anything that has to deal with financial security. Um, Taurus also represents security. It represents being in your comfort zone. It's not, it's having routine. It's, and, and, and it's mm-hmm. interesting um, because when Taurus is in its shadow, it doesn't feel abundant. It doesn't feel comfortable. It gets stuck in routines. It gets, it, it gets stuck in like not taking chances. And because it doesn't take a chance, it doesn't commit to anything. And so I see your face going, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I see, so when I see the, the Chiron in Taurus, the first thing I think of, you probably have a money wound. You probably feel like you'll never have enough, but you show other people how they can be abundant. You probably also have tr- trouble committing to a path, but you're really good at showing people how to commit to things. Mm-hmm. Like I can motivate you and I can get you to do something. Like not a problem for me at all, actually. Just give me a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But that, it's a different story for myself. Mm-hmm. which sometimes makes, it makes me also kind of feel like um, not like kind of like hypocrite mm, yeah. but you know what I mean like but yeah. it's the wound it's the wound it's Chiron because Chiron does that Chiron says I can't do that for me so I'm going to do it for others that makes and, sense so, so that doesn't mean you're always going to be not committal and you're always never going to feel abundant. It's as we witness this wound, you get to overcome it. And personally, I always tell my clients that as you, as you really begin to empower yourself and work on your North Node and step into your purpose, I personally think that that wound will begin to heal. Hmm. Okay. Because when you trust that you're in your feminine flow, <clears throat> you don't power of walking through the shadow you're going to attract more and more clients that is going to really dissolve the wound of not being abundant and not committing to a purpose because mm-hmm. you're probably going to love your work so much that you're going to commit to it right right exactly so my question to you if you have time yeah 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 is like um so how do i actually work on my north note like I, I get like, you know, it represents mother and family intuition, but how do I work on it? Like you, you really, in my opinion, you get to work on the work-life balance. You get to really say, okay, I need to, I learn how to balance not working so much because first, because work, being a workaholic is, is that masculine energy. It's not trusting the intuition of your own self to create what you need in the world and to be safe and secure in the world. Um, so it's working on, it's, as you work on 
creating that work-life balance, trusting that work-life balance, um, and really stepping into that flow rather than the structure, you'll begin to, that's how you, that's how you do it. Right. Because that's what that's calling you to do. Like, it's like, throw out the schedule, trust your gut, go with the flow. Trust that you're being led to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not a planner, not a scheduler, no nothing. People around me think I live in a woo world in my little own la la land. Awesome, awesome. Well, yeah. but now you get to trust. Now you get to trust the flow. Mm -hmm. And that's so. What I'm hearing, it's like you know the what I'm hearing. A little bit of that Virgo Mercury going. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm worried that that won't work for me. And so you get to release the worry, right? Mm -hmm. Release the worry. Yeah release the worry trust that the flow will lead you to the right to the right outlet now there i think we have time for two more placements that i really like to talk about if you're okay mm -hmm. with that please do right i love to talk about saturn saturn is like the father figure it represents it's the natural ruler of capricorn and when i see saturn it's our leadership style so first of all it's our leadership style and you have saturn in libra so when i see saturn in libra you're a very diplomatic leader you're very balanced you're unbiased you really try to see all sides of the story Mm -hmm. But Saturn is also the disciplinarian. He's like the dad. He's like, listen, I'm not going to give you your allowance or buy you your first car until you kind of get the act together so we can build this empire. Because Saturn's an empire builder, right? And mm -hmm. Libra, I always joke. So my personal joke has been like, Libra's kind of like an archetype of Libra right now is Kim Kardashian. She's a Libra. So she's like, she's, you know, she, she's ruled by Venus. Libra's ruled by Venus. She loves pretty things. She loves everything looking nice and being nice. She's also very diplomatic. She's not good. She's a people pleaser in her shadow. She's also really indecisive. So Saturn's going to be like, listen, you want to build that empire? Commit, make that choice. Just, just make a choice. And it'll, and it'll work. I know it'll work. You just got to choose. What are you going to do? And it's interesting because you also have Saturn and Libra in the 12th house and 12th house is the house of intuition. Mm. So it's almost like, Hey, learn to trust your intuition that your intuition will lead you to the right choice. Mm. Actually, that's what I'm working on nowadays. Beautiful. Working on intuition and stuff. Yeah. I'm really like, I really am called to say, you get to trust your gut. You get to go, go with your lead with your intuition. If I were to give you like a main theme for this right now, it's lead with your intuition. It's cause there's all this worry, all this doubt, all this lack of commitment. But if you would really just truly believe in your inner voice and your intuition, magical things could possibly happen. And speaking of magic, where do we have, oh, we have Jupiter. Let's talk about Jupiter. This is juicy. So Jupiter is the last planet that I like to end with, and it is a planet of expansion, fortune, good luck. It is the happy sign. It's where, like, good things happen. <laughs> and you have it, dun, 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 in Scorpio in the first house. Okay, girl, this is juicy. So Scorpio, remember, it represents transitions, transformation, end of chapters, new beginnings, death, renewal. And you have it in the first house. Mm -hmm. And if the first house had a motto, it would be, I am. So anything that's self-love, self-care, self-development, anything that's self, so you, trans, all, all of the things that involve transforming you 
and creating new yous. Like it's almost like you create every time you've had a transformation in yourself, you have had a stroke of luck is like the story that I would see with that. Okay. I think we're having internet issues. I'm not sure. Did you hear that? Can I, should I repeat myself? I think you said that um, it's all about self-love to you, creating new you, right? Right. And so Today. I'm going to repeat, I'm going to repeat the story that I see with those three placements is when you have trans created transformation or experience shifts and transitions with who you are and how you take care of yourself and how you love yourself, anything that's transformation and shift and change with anything that's you, you've probably experienced expansion, new opportunities and good luck. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of power with you shifting, transforming, and reinventing yourself, recreating yourself, like being reborn over and over again. And like, that's like, it's almost like, don't resist it. That Taurus Chiron is going to be like, no, I don't want things to change. I love my comfort zone. But every time you get out of there, it's like, wow, look at how amazing this is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so, but that doesn't mean like I keep falling, right? And I have to no. recreate myself, right? No, 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 like, no, 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 okay, no. It's just no, going. No, no it's okay. not about falling. It's like, just re, like, it's okay to reinvent yourself. It's you. So like, like you might start your career one way and your, your practice may shift and change and, and have various iterations and, and how it expresses yourself or how you express yourself within that. And that's expansive. That is lucky. That is fortune. That should bring you joy and optimism. I almost okay. feel like, like be happy with all of the shifts and transitions in yourself because that's where the, all the expansion and the fortune comes for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically all the changes that happens are happening for me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Awesome. So what's been your biggest takeaway? For me, really, my biggest takeaway was just um, one of the biggest, uh, I should say, is um, the reassurance that I am on the right path. Because um, you even reassured me nursing perspective today. Mm -hmm. You know, and, so, and then no wonder, like, like, why I will not pick anything else other than hospice. Like, I just keep going back to it and I feel complete with it. And yeah, and then even, and then the other part was like, you know, there's always insecurity when you're starting your own business and you're developing and things and then things happen and you're like, I have a set career. What am I doing? Am I crazy? Or am I doing this right? Or am I on the right path? So definitely that was a of course, another reassurance, like, like, heck yeah, I am. So I can't tell you, like, with this call, I am, I'm getting off with that knowing. Yay. With the knowing, like, you know what, I'm not really crazy. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, Yay. you know, that makes me so happy. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yes. Yes. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to you. Because um, we're always looking for external validations, right? Yeah. It's, so, it was right there yeah. in your birth chart the whole time. Mm 